Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365 day returns. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Whatever the temperature, it's zero at Blackstone Motors. That's zero deposit on all 192 Renault models until August 31st. Get exclusive savings and a personalized finance package today at Blackstone Motors. Welcome to Thursday afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Just one day to go till August 9th. Yes, 24 hours from now, all will be revealed. The 9th of August. It's a very special day to me and it is to a lot of you as well because you've been messaging us by the new time uh, since I mentioned this a few days ago. You know, people telling us things that happened to them on the 9th of August and we'll be focusing on this tomorrow on the show from half past one. But I will tell you why tomorrow, the 9th of August, is a milestone for me in my life. So be with us. Make sure you're with us tomorrow to find out all. All will be revealed, as I say. We have a special, special hour planned for you, the first hour of the show. This morning, did you notice, real autumn feel to the morning. First time this year I got it, there was a mist, an early mist, and it hung down there, and it just felt autumn this morning. Just a comment. That was my feeling. I don't know about yours. If you've anything to say to us on the show, don't forget to get in touch. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text or 1850-715-958 if you'd like to call in. Now, the Cistercian Monastery at Cullen has been home to a nursery for more years than you'd care to remember. Alas, a go-to place for generations of gardeners is to close its doors for good. The McKenna family have worked there for decades and I'm joined on the line now by Yvonne McKenna who's been in Cullen with the monks working there in the Garden Centre Nursery for 25 years. Yvonne, great to talk to you. Hiya Jerry. how are you? I'm good today but you must be feeling sad. Changing times, it's the end of an era, um, Jerry. yeah, very much so. How many people are working there still in the nursery? There's just five now, um... And there would have yeah. been more in the past, were there in numbers-wise? Uh, there was 12 when I started, uh, 12 full-time staff, and they could carry up to 25 at peak times um, with local people. Yeah, um, yeah. So some more seasonal work. Yes, of course. And I mentioned the McKenna family. You're there 25 years. Tell us about your dad, Tommy. He was the manager. Uh, how long was Tommy there for? He was there for 56 years. Um, he went in when he was 19 and uh, it was a closed order when he went. So um, it was all hand signals and no speaking. But um, I don't know who probably staffed with, maybe my daddy. <laughs> <laughs> He's a talker, Tommy, is he? 
He is. He like he likes the chat. He's the gift of the gab. Yeah. <laughs> Fifty six years he managed the place there, and the other your, your mum Eileen, she, she's been there, hasn't she as well? Working. She's there a very long time too. Um, years ago, they used to take people in to do piece work. So a lot of the women from the village, including my mother and the wives of some of the other men, would have worked and. You could bring the childer, so I was reared under the benches there, along with some of the neighbours, and uh, it just wasn't much hope for me, I think, after that, I was always going to say. Yvonne, I'm just looking at you as a little pot plant, flowering in the pot as a child, and growing up, and being the beautiful woman you are today. I just have that impression. I don't know, it was more, I was reared on a fistful of compost. <laughs> Never did anybody a bit of harm, let me say. Oh, blooming lovely. Blooming Absolutely, lovely. you have it in one, woman. Look, the thing is, about this and it's great you're able to reflect and smile on this but this really is the end of an era because I, I was saying to you when we talked earlier I can remember as a child going out there with my dad to pick up yeah. plants and I remember the sextons Tig Sexton they had a greenhouse where we lived in the North Road going there the tomato flat plants were famous weren't they? Ah for God's sake so there's a generation of uh, loud people and right around the country where it on Madison's tomato plants yeah yeah um We'd have people coming out there for over 40 years for that sort of stuff, yeah. And um, this is going sad, to stop. sad for them. Yeah, it's going to stop now. And I know there's been a, a, a welling of, uh, you know, nostalgia and, and uh, you know, bemoaning the closing of it as well. People who, and, and you know them, I'm sure that you, you'd regard them rather than the customers as friends at this stage. Ah, oh, definitely. When you see, you know, look, I mean, um, the years go by very quickly and... You know, it seems people are coming out quicker and quicker every year. But I mean, it is. It's an annual. Um, it's an annual trip for a lot of people. Mm. Um, and yeah, you'd be attached to them all. And the phone hasn't stopped ringing from the ward went out. Like I mean, um, people are devastated. Yeah, uh, it's it's really very much the end of an era because we were specialists in what we done and. Um, we were growers, you knew exactly what you were getting mm. when you were getting it, you know. Yeah. So so yeah. you went with the the calendar. This operated 12 months round. The the seed sowing started in the spring of the year, the rearing and, and, and developing of them, and then right through. Was it a 12-month operation? Um, it used to be um, so in the last maybe five years, um, we'd be eight months of the year. Right. We'd be on short time towards the end of the year because we couldn't... Uh, compete with a winter crop. We used to be famous for doing the red poncettis at Christmas. Mm. And um, well, the bottom went out of that market when the supermarkets took. So, um, we, uh, we couldn't compete. Yes, I understand. Yeah. So yeah. poncettis were a big part of it there as well. Oh, they were for years, yeah. yeah. Mm. So that went and then it left you an eight month. But you turn with the seasons, you get your seeds and God, there must have been some planting and all the, 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 the bedding plants and vegetables and tomatoes that you produced. That's right, yeah. Oceans of stuff. And uh, like we've done every county in Ireland. Um, so, yeah. And it, it, was, it was a big operation. Yeah. But and I suppose... Go on, sorry. go on, yeah. No, we ended up being very labour-intensive. Yes. Um, mm. Having not moved forward, I suppose, with the times. But mm. look, it, it, it was it was a marvellous operation for a long, long time. And it, it was one of the biggest employers in the village here for years. Yeah. Because so you had the printing press there as well. That was part of it, wasn't it, yeah? That's right. And there used to be a jam factory. Um, I mean, people came from all over for the jam and honey that the monks used to make. Yeah. 
Um, and there's a dairy farm, which is leased of now course. as well. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it was, you know, it was a, an holistic place. You could get your stuff to grow. You could buy beautiful produce as well. And it was all encompassing. So this is the end. There's, there's no going back on this. When, when do you finally close? The 17th of August is the closing date. So I suppose the 16th is, is our last day. Yeah. Yeah, you'll be sad. You'll all the five of you that are there with all the great memories you have and the friends you've made. You couldn't but be emotional about it. Yeah, and I think it'll probably only when we leave that um, we'll realise it more. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's all. Sometimes it's all. It's all any of us knew. I know. You know when you're there that long. Yeah, of course. And and you know you talk about labour intensity and uh, what it took as well. But there's there's a real personal touch with that, and the product you get as well. You know that you know the hand that's done it for years has been involved in sewing it, producing it, etc. And I know today it's a different world. Do you feel like you know when you you, you talk about the big multiples you mentioned there, the Ponsetti is, but in the in the world of garden centres as well, even the smaller ones are being squeezed everywhere by the bigger multiples that come in. Would that be part of the reason as well for? Uh, that's that's a big big part of it. Yeah, definitely. It's um, it's just the horticulture has gone like agriculture. In the farming sector, um, there's no room for the small man now. So, um, with your Aldi's and Lidl's and the, the big supermarket chains, they would our customers would be suffering. So, and in turn, so would we. Yeah, you know, our, our customers are not selling. So then, then they're not buying young plants. Mm. The tomatoes you grew, was there any particular variety that you specialised in or anything like that? Or did you grow the Jerry, same one? if I told you that, I'd, I'd, I'd have to kill you. <laughs> God, I thought I was going to sneak that out of you by the back door there. You're too sharp for me. <laughs> no, we, we, can, we, we couldn't give it that information away. But a lot of it, I think, had to do with the holy water. <laughs> Now we're getting to the nub of this, really. That's why they were so good, the tomato plants, was it? (laughs) Uh, Well, it must be. It it, it worked for a long time. Yeah. Now, you mentioned all the counties in Ireland. People came from everywhere to you to to pick up as well. And you never did mail order or anything like that, did you? We we used a courier company, we Ah, did, yeah. Okay. For for a lot of the wholesale um, products, yeah. Yeah, so that that was part of your market there, there as well. Um, yeah, overnight delivery. You, your family, when you talk about your dad, Tommy, uh, your mother, Eileen, and yourself, when you combine all the years, <laughs> oh my God almighty, you have some service between the whole lot of you, haven't you? You're in 125 years, nearly. Without just giving away ages or that, yeah, close to it. It's a wealth of experience. Yeah, yeah. it's some innings for one family, it really is. Do you remember, you know, over the years with all the time you've been there and that you've met so many people, anything in particular or any era stick in your mind? Oh, I don't know. Um, I mean, when we were young, you know, I have two sisters, Sinead and Valerie and a brother, Thomas, and I think we thought the monks was... It was almost like another playground for us. Um, like <laughs> the job, the job was hugely important to me, father. So, um, mm. you know, there was never any. I mean, mention if uh, boilers broke down or there was problems with water. Like, I mean, Daddy had to see to that first and foremost. You know. Yes. But um, no, I don't know. Like, I mean, we, there's some great characters we worked with over the years. Like, definitely, and mm. some great characters coming in. 
Yes. Um, I mean, some days wouldn't be like work. I know. know. I know. It was it was a love. And when you love something like you do and have the passion for it, and it's so close to home. The monks themselves, uh, Brother Brendan is the man in charge there. Now, of course, it's, it's no secret. Their numbers have declined severely as well. Yeah, yeah. And that's also a problem. It's um, probably 11 years, I think, now from we've had a monk actually work with us in the gardens. Right. Uh, we used to have Brother Bernard, who was uh, an Australian man, an accountant. And before that, it was the backbone of the whole business was Father Bernard Boyle. And um, right up until he died last year, he took an interest in it, you know. Yes. And um, I suppose with dwindling numbers and the fact that there's only so few to do so much, mm. um, you, you have to have a strong passion, I suppose, for it. Yeah. To, to maybe want to keep it going. Mm. And there's a number of issues, you know. All coming together. And, and it's changing, yeah, changing yeah. all over, yeah. Mm. yeah. And I suppose the monks have to make this, they make the ultimate decision uh, to, to call time on this. How long is it there? Do you know in total? How far does it go back to the nursery? They're, they're not sure if it's 62 or 64 years. They were trying to get papers actually this week to, right. to see. It started off um, growing fruit, berries, that sort of thing, and progressed into tomatoes and celery and onwards to flowers. Yeah. So that's a long, long time. And I mentioned generations of families. When you think of 62 years, I'm sure you've had grandfathers, fathers and sons and mothers, daughters and granddaughters as well. Generations. Generations. Generations have gone through it, Mm. yeah. It's amazing, yeah. Oh, that, you know, progress. I I question at times. You know what I mean when I when I see a place like that. And it's years. I have to say, I have to be honest with myself. It's years since I've been there, but it had and still has a huge following. But it's going to be missed. And I've heard this already. I've heard uh, people talking about it that they can't believe the end is nigh. Nigh. Well, yeah. there you go. Yeah. How's your dad feeling? What is your dad's your dad's thoughts on this? Fifty six years there as managing the place. What does he feel about it? Ah, he's very sorry to see it go. Very sorry. Um, it was a big part of his life, all his life. Mm. So um, it, it's not it's not what he would have liked to see. Yeah. But um, what do you do, Jerry? What do you do? What do you yeah. do? Does yeah. uh, time nor tide waits for no man or woman, as they say, and then no. that's the unfortunate thing in life. And one door closes, another opens. And I hear what you're saying, and I just wanted to give our listeners today a feel for the. The, the the lovely place it was, what it did over the years, how many people it serviced, and uh, you know the, the time that you've been there as well, and it will be missed. It really will be missed. Well, look at I wish good, I, yeah, I wish you well. I wish you well, and I'm I'm sad myself for you all today that this is uh, drawing to a close. And you know, without the Cistercians and the monastery and everything in Cullen, there it's a big part I know of life out there in the village, it's and nice. it, yeah, yeah, it means yeah. so much to so so many people. Anyway, I'll, I'll let you go, Yvonne. I'm, ta- I'm really thankful you took our call today. And Great. thanks, Jerry. Can I just mention the other boys? Um, yes, please. That I work with um, Pat Bannon, Paul O'Brien, Noel Lenehan, and Gary Monaghan. So those four it's boys are there. <laughs> and blessed yeah. art thou amongst men, Yvonne. <laughs> <laughs> Story of my life. <laughs> I'd say you keep them on track. Oh, you're about to believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you do. Anyway, look, Thanks, keep Jerry. on smiling and I wish you well beyond uh, the nursery in Melifon. To all of you there, and thank you for taking our call on the show today. Okay, great stuff. Thank you. Take bye-bye. care now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's Yvonne McKenna there. And it is a sad day. It really is. And I, I do have memories of going out as a child on a number of occasions and... 
all the growing that went on over the years and I'm sure people listening today have gone there to pick up their supplies of plants. Do you remember buying your honey or jams there, getting some print jobs done? If you have memories of Cullen and the monks at Cullen, you can give us a shout. If you want to get in touch with us today, you can call in 1850-715-958. That's the phone number, LMFM. Or you can message us on WhatsApp or text 86 The monks at Cullen gardens and uh, the plants there no more first break of the afternoon late lunch Vera's intrigued about the 9th of August maybe you got married on that date Cherry perhaps you had heart surgery started work with LMFM I'm just guessing no no and no Vera (laughs) you'll have to join me tomorrow to find out about the 9th of August half past one all will be revealed thank you for your message Louise yesterday you told me about the young lads in the UK who won the drip feed lotto yeah we were talking about that set for life I think it was set for life it's called so you paid 10,000 a month for 30 years yeah and works out at 3 point something million 6 million yeah question from Declan on the Wednesday Club last night. Right. Declan says, I was listening to you yesterday and a thought crossed my mind. What would happen if something happened to the person who won the lotto? You know, 10,000 a month. Oh, if he died or something yes. like that. Valid question. Good man, Declan. Funeral. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's for sure. But think about it. I'd imagine. There, there has to be to, a provision, hasn't yeah, it, yeah. that it's paid to the estate yeah. in full. I'm presuming there might be um, a ten thousand a month stipulation of a will or something or read somebody that goes to read the small print. Read the small print and everything in life. It's very very goes important. Back to the lotto. But it's a very good question. I didn't think of it sitting here yesterday. Sure, I was sitting on my hands and I'm thinking. We'll try well, and our Declan out. did. He had the he had the valid question. What happened? So I presume that is taken care of. We'll check that out. We better check that out and see what the story is with it. Anyway. Did you feel it misty and autumny this morning? You know what I was saying there a little while ago. You know, did you notice that? Just felt it wet. Uh, <laughs> Miserable. It's August, Louise. It's the 8th. It's the day before the 9th, just in case. Uh, <laughs> keep them guessing. Keep guessing. I, I'm always watching that. I, I just thought it was this morning. And when autumn descends, it won't be long till it's back. Your favourite time of the year. come dancing. We'll be back it's on the five television. five seasons with you. Uh, autumn, winter, <laughs> spring, summer and Strictly. Yeah. <laughs> You're not far wrong. Anyway... One of my icons from my television, television watching younger years, she had the rear of the year for <laughs> years. Annika Rice has been announced as the final contestant this year. Do you she, remember Challenge Annika? She running or dancing? It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember Challenge Annika? I don't remember Challenge Annika. I remember the other show where she had to run into helicopters and the cameraman would be always following her and the camera would be... What was the name Come of on, that? Graham. Come on, Graham. Um, something called Treasure Treasure Hunt that was, was it, it. Yeah. yeah okay she used to they got they clues clu- yes and they went here there and everywhere and I the remember people in the studio well. had to solve the clues yeah yeah, yeah. that was another was big great. show of hers as well well Annick is 60 years young now and she? she yes she was announced as the final contestant number 15 for this year David James the former Liverpool goalkeepers in Calamity they used to call mm. him Calamity James and I think when he was announced someone shouted don't drop her <laughs> Oh, so he will he have to, yeah? 
Yeah, he'll be dancing with a professional. And he'll have and, to throw some. Oh, he'll be air. throwing her in the air. Oh, okay. Hopefully, he'll he'll catch her and make sure she doesn't hit the ground. Anyway, there's a a, a a nice mix in the lineup as well this year, and a new judge, Darcy, has gone. Darcy Bussell has said goodbye to the show. A little bit of controversy. Oti Mabusi is one of the professional dancers. Her sister uh, will now be replacing Darcy yeah, as a judge. Dodgy. That'll be difficult, won't it? That'll be. With her sister dancing and her judge. It'll be hard to convince viewers that, will, that you know. Well, it will it'll be interesting. But anyway, favourite to win. Uh, no, I haven't even looked at them yet. We'll have to start. I like Catherine the... Tilesdale because I just loved her in Coronation Street. Oh, yeah, she's one of them as well. Mm. She is. EastEnders has somebody in there. BBC Sport have two in it. Uh, you know, so there's quite a mix as as usual from across the board. But I know Strictly fans are gearing up already. Do you Can know, you dance? It, which? Can you dance? Not really. Would you do an Irish Strictly like? No. No. I don't think. Look, I I have to say no. I I, I wouldn't be. I'd be all right. You know what I mean. But I, no, I can. <laughs> I'd have to. I'd be. I'd be. I'd be one of the the the, the hundred the one outsiders. Most <laughs> 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 certainly honest. But I have to say that uh, you know it's it's one of those shows. And and believe it or not, it is BBC. It is the UK. Where and but you know, sure, everyone watches UK television in in Ireland. That's been a yeah. fact for for decades on end. But. Strictly has a massive following in Ireland. A massive, massive following. I can tell you that. And uh, I know it. I just know it. It is. And everyone looking forward to it anyway. But that's a little bit down the road. We are still in August. First show, I think, is in September. And away we go then on the run into that time of the year, which is the 25th of December. Oh, my God, Jerry says a listener. Is it true that the Mellifant Abbey Gardens and Garden Centre is closing? Yes, it's true. I just caught the end of your conversation there. I can't believe it. Will you remind me, when is it actually closing? It's the 16th of August it's closing. 16th of August is the final day. Uh, we have uh, another message here to say that uh, they know Eileen and Tommy McKenna very well. And I want to wish them all the very best luck. It's a sad time with the closing of the Garden Centre in Cullen. Indeed. It is 086 1800 658 by WhatsApp or text via messages or 1850-715-958 if you'd like to call in. Now, my next guest just might be a little saddle sore still. Listen to this. 5,000 kilometres west to east, the United States of America in 33 days recently. Does he ever want to see a bicycle again? Why did he do it? Let's find out. Shane Maguire's in the hot seat. Afternoon, Shane. How's it going, Jerry? How are you getting on? How's it going with you? How's your backside? That's uh, not too bad. They're um yeah, they're subsiding the the welts, all right, yeah, but uh <laughs> They're uh, no managing them a bit better now since I got off the off the bike. Yeah, and yeah. you have the bike in the car. The bike is in the car. Yeah, I'm meant to bring it up now to get uh, to get a service. So it's uh, it's uh, glad now that it it stood the yes. stood the test. But um, yeah, it's due a, a good service and a bit of looking after now for the next next few days. And you too, let me say, because it's the body as well as the bike has taken a battering on this uh, trip. Why did you do this? Um, yeah, I suppose I um I come from a, a football madhouse in, in Old Castle in, in, in County Mead and um last year uh, for the uh, the past number of years I was kinda of struggling with injuries and with, with and trying to get a run at the football and um uh, I was kinda wasn't getting the rewards that I was possibly putting into it off the off the pitch in terms of rehab and that and for the last few years I was looking on more than I was actually playing and uh, I think the body was trying to tell me something uh, at that stage. So I said this summer I'd I'd take on a, 
a bit more a different pursuit and uh and and try something a bit more low impact uh, on the body and uh so uh I said when I hung up the boots I'd uh, I'd give this cycle cycling across America a go. So Hey you could have cycled from old castle yeah. down the road and back. <laughs> America yeah. West to East, come on. Yeah, I suppose um I kind of was 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 looking for a personal challenge uh, as well and um probably wanted to to test myself as as well uh, fitness wise and uh and to, to see to see if I'd be be able to do it, I think America was always uh, I was always kind of captivated by the idea of of cycling across the country, and um, I think America was uh, attractive in that you know the big sky landscape was was something that attracted me to it, and uh, you know the variety of landscapes that you, you yes. travel through across the across the way. So, so you shot big. There was no down the road. You said I'm no, going for broke uh, here. <laughs> but look, you had another very special reason why you did this. Yeah, I, I kind of said when I was taking on the challenge that I, I'd like to align it with a with a with a charity and to try and raise a, a few pound uh, for that some good would would come out of it. And um, yeah, so I decided to align with the Irish Motor Neuron Disease Association, and um, uh, thankfully I've, I've never been directly affected, or thank God I've, I've never had a, any immediate family members affected by by motor neuron disease. But uh, but there were a few connections. My my brother Paul is a is a school teacher in in Mount Merion in Dublin for the last six or seven years, and he developed a, a great friendship with Father Tony Coote and. Um, Unfortunately, Father Tony Coote was 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 diagnosed with motor neuron disease uh, in last February in 2018, and uh, and Paul would have been involved in the in organising the Walk While You Can campaign, um, whereby they walked uh, from Letterkenny in Donegal to Ballydehob in in County Cork last year. Unbelievable! I remember yeah. it well. Yeah, it was, it was a fabulous, else. fabulous yeah. initiative, and it. Uh, it certainly raised a lot of awareness and raised much needed funds for the cause. Um, so that was definitely a motivating factor. And, I, you know, uh, I said, you know, you were always aware of, of a few people at any one time who who had motor neuron disease. And, uh, you know, growing up in Old Castle, um, you know, Rory Galligan was a, was a famous uh, rally car driver and uh, from the town. And, you know, I wouldn't have known Rory that particularly well, but... Uh, growing up, he was someone you admired, uh, and you admired his commitment to his support, his sport. Um, he was a guy who didn't drink or smoke, and was incredibly disciplined. And uh, Rory was diagnosed in 2006, and uh, and unfortunately, he succumbed to disease in in, in 2012 after a, a long, a long yes. battle with it. So, so a big local connection there for you as well. So here we have you. You want to challenge yourself. You want to support this wonderful organisation, Motor Neuron here in. Ireland and away you go. Did you plan the route? H- had you it all planned from west to east? Yes, so I had um I had about the first 14 days planned. So as far as from Oregon as far as uh as far as the border with Nebraska. So um I knew in those kind of first 2 weeks where I had to get to each day and um I had accommodation kind of lined up for those particular okay. days. After that it was it was very much a case of kind of making it up as I went along. I knew my ultimate destination was was New York, and uh, I knew that if I 
if I knocked out a, a hundred mile days for the next couple of weeks that I'd, I'd eventually reach reach it. So, so what um, did you do on average a day? What would be your average um, journey? Yeah, my average uh, average distance was was 160 kilometers. So each day, each day. Okay. yeah. So and did you do every day, or did you take a break at all? Yeah, I. Um, I actually out of the thirty three days it took I um I took one one rest day um it was kind of an an enforced rest day uh after the f- after the third day on day four actually my my knee had swollen up um and actually I, I actually felt I remember sitting in a restaurant after um after the second day thinking you know this this is all over I'm I won't be able to do it and I was uh was quite low at that point and um I just remember um. I was fortunate enough to stay with uh, with a wonderful couple in um, in Redmond, a place called Redmond in Oregon, and the guy Ed, Ed Bamer was his name, and he had just recovered from uh, from a knee replacement. So he had this ice machine in his house, and uh, for a day and a half, I I, I used the ice machine um, on the knee, and it took the swelling down. And Ed was a bike lover as well, and he um, we kind of looked at the bike and the setup and. We noticed that uh, the saddle height when I set it up in in Florence and Oregon at the start that it was uh, it was a little too low and um, just by by adjusting it that fraction made made all the difference and I I left their place on the Friday morning and uh, I cycled twenty nine consecutive days then into New York. Isn't so it was, that uh, just, just fortuitous? Yeah, that you just, were staying with them. Yeah, just the way it worked the out. The body was, was looked after, the bike was sorted out, and away you go for the rest. That's absolutely very meant fortunate. to be. Yeah, meant to yeah, be. These yeah. things sort of line up like That's ducks it. in a row. You know, across America, it's a hell of a journey. How many states did you try? Um, I traversed through eleven states. Yeah, so eleven states in total. Yeah, yeah. which state left most impression on you? Would you remember most? Or was it like um, a blur on that bike shooting through the whole yeah, lot of them? I think, um, I think there were some states that were were definitely more suitable um, for cycling. Um, you know, from from memory, Oregon and, and Pennsylvania were probably the two of the most bike friendly states um with good good shoulders good um good quality road surfs and and uh and you felt you were you were tolerated on the road you know um place oh, like yeah. oh, 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 oh mr trump are you listening we have issues here with this country <laughs> other issues that you have to take into account so like here well let's talk about home as well they say here you know cyclists it's, you're taking your life in your hands at times did you feel it was a bit hairy in places uh, in, in a few in a few states you know you, you definitely noticed that there was there was less tolerance for for okay. for, for cyclists on on the road i remember coming through wyoming and it was just you know beautiful landscape and um you know a beautiful beautiful part of the world but certainly there was a, a an unease there um in terms of you, they wouldn't be long about blowing you off the road if uh, if they felt you were uh, you were you were you were converging on their their territory on the road. I'm going to so mark that, was, that uh, state in yeah. red here. Hold on, I have a red X on that state just going on the map now. What about the road surfaces? Yeah, the road surfaces. It was was quite mixed actually. Um, you know, there were there were certainly a, a, a couple of really tough days where um, I'm not sure is it in relation to the to the extreme temperatures that they they get over there in terms of really hard frost and and then intense heat during the summer that uh, these cracks appear along the road and um yeah so 
I remember for for a few days consecutively, um, every ten meters you'd hit a crack, and it would be really <laughs> like travelling with CIE on the old train years ago. Bump, 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 bump. You know what that, I'm talking that, about? That was it. Oh, exactly. do I remember it well? I can still feel it in me backside, even all these years later. <laughs> Tell me this. Were there stretches where, like, you wouldn't really encounter anybody, that you were out in the middle of nowhere? Yeah, there certainly were. There were, um, particularly in the earlier states, in in Oregon and Idaho, uh, Wyoming. um, I was getting pretty early starts in those. um, I was getting up before before dawn most days. And, um, yeah, there would be long stretches of, of road where you wouldn't see, encounter any cars, you know, I'd say... There was, um, you know, you'd see gas uh, road signs saying next gas seventy five miles or that. So you know you're in in uh, in a in a real uh, remote part of the world uh, at that stage. But I think that you know there was there was real beauty to be had in, in those course. moments as well. And th- mm. I suppose the the best time of the day was was in the early mornings when when you were out and you you felt you had the road to yourself and and. Uh, as the the first chink of light appeared over the horizon, you know the the, the colours that that came that came with that and uh, was was really spectacular. And Great as that mantle memories. of darkness uh, yeah. lifted, it was um, mm. you know really really special. I yeah, can see yeah. you. You're reliving them. This as we sit and talk here, I can just pick it up from you as if. I was there with you. Yeah. But obviously you have to keep yourself going. Now, wait now. I want to keep going as well. But look at that time. I have to take a short break. More from this great man, Shane Maguire from Oldcastle in County Mead, America, West to East. We're hearing his story. And what's more, he's raised fantastic money for the Irish Motor Neuron Disease Association. Back in three minutes. Shane Maguire's with me. He's from Oldcastle in County Mead. He's a teacher, incidentally. I don't think I told you that earlier on. Listen to this. Mina Curran's been on. Nice to hear from you, Mina, this afternoon. Jerry, will you please give that fantastic young man a big pat on the back? I will indeed. I promise you, Mina. My mum, Josie, passed away in 2003 from MND, and it's a shocking disease. But it's great to see him raising money for a wonderful, wonderful charity. Thank you indeed for that. That's a lovely uh, comment there from Mina to you this this afternoon, Shane. L- let's go back to the trip a- across America. Um, you mentioned the knee and the body and you got the saddle sorted out. How did the rusty steed fare out? Was there any problems with it? Yeah, no, uh, thankfully it, it it took a good bit of abuse along the, along the way, but thankfully it... Uh, it held up pretty well. I mean, I didn't get, uh, I was fortunate not to get any punctures along the way, which is quite remarkable to, to cross a continent and, and not uh, not get any flats. It'd be, it'd be quite unusual. So I was lucky in that regard. I, I, um, I encountered a, a broken spoke, actually, um, in, in, a, in a place, ironically enough, called Broken Bow in Nebraska. And, uh, <laughs> I love it. So uh, that, um, and it was kind of in a remote part of uh, of Nebraska at the time uh, and it I was about two days from the nearest big city in in Omaha and um, yeah so I, I managed to cycle uh, 300 kilometers with with a with a wobbly rear wheel but thankfully it, it managed to stay up and uh, I got as far as Omaha and it uh, Got the jo- got a got a new spoke and got it sorted then. So it was uh, was lucky. Very fortunate now that mm. it was a, a good machine that uh, that kept kept me on the road. Kept yeah. you going yeah. all all the way. You met your uncle. That's right. Um, uh, my uncle Michael Maguire. He was uh, 
he had a work commitment out in in Denver uh, during at the end of July or actually in mid July, and um, so Michael flew to Denver and he he linked up with me on the Nebraska Wyoming border and uh, with a few few days together with with Michael on the road. So that was that was great to see a, a familiar face and uh, kind of. Provided a, a much a much needed boost the morale for those those few days. It was it was great to see to to to, to have Michael join to have that link days. with home yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. You absolutely. know, you mentioned that couple you stayed with. You stayed in other places as well. Was there much curiosity? Were people you know did they ask you what are you doing? Yeah, there were. Um, yeah, there was a genuine uh, a genuine interest there among people as to as to what I was doing or, or where I was going and. Um, yeah, there was. Uh, I was very fortunate in that uh, I received an awful lot of goodwill and and, and generosity from a, an organisation called Warm Showers, and um, they're a, kind of a worldwide organisation that provide uh, where families and individuals open up their doors to members of the bike touring community, and they provide a, a warm shower and a hot meal and a, a couch or a bed to stay at night, and I was extremely fortunate that on I'd say around on 12 of the the nights that I as I was passing through I managed to secure warm showers accommodation and that was great it gave you a great sense of a place and um you know because on on the road itself you know oftentimes you didn't get to to converse or interact with with with, with people mm. along the along the way so that was a, a great opportunity to, to to link in with with local people and get a sense of an area as well. So I was very fortunate to 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 be the benefit to, yeah. to receive. To see such it's good, good to mention yeah. them as well for others if they're planning things Abs- in the future. Absolutely, yeah. Weather was reasonable. You didn't run run into anything awkward weather wise. Um, not too bad. It was. Um, I experienced a, a pretty in- intense heat wave. Um, in uh, in kind of mid July or in around the around the twentieth of of July, there was a. Uh, there was an intense heat wave across in America. It was the the hottest one of of the year, and um, so kind of to counteract that, I was I was getting up uh, extremely early. So I'd I'd hit the road around three three o'clock, half three in the morning, um, and the aim was to to get out of the heat and um, to be done by eleven or twelve o'clock, uh, just to to try and avoid. Uh, that intense heat because there was a few occasions where I did get caught out in where I had about 60 or 70 k's to go uh, and the the heat is the sun is just you know scorching down on you and um, it really drains you and it it leaves you uh, a bit low in reserves for the next day and uh, I was conscious to avoid that if at all possible and so uh, yeah so I, I I kind of counteracted that by just getting out really early and um, and getting the miles done before mm. it became too hot. And yeah. of course, nutrition and fluid and all that type of thing and rest all built into this. Yeah. What was it like as you, you know, saw New York? Yeah, I suppose uh, it was. Uh, yeah, to see the tall buildings was uh, was a was a was a great relief. Um, I suppose the the immediate emotion was 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 kind of relief that. Uh, that I had made it, that I'd I'd got got arrived safely, um, and you know there was definitely um, an attitude of gratitude there, and and I was very grateful to to everyone who had supported me along the way, um, you know, family members, friends, uh, colleagues, and uh, you know I think think that was the the main emotion at the time was was one of relief, and uh, 
you know, I was I was kind of tired. I was uh, yeah, but I was. I was ready to en- enjoy a, a few beers. You didn't that put your night. hands up, you yeah. know, like the end of the Tour de France. <laughs> and they were saying, What is that madman yeah. doing on that bicycle in New York? And nobody looking at yeah. him. <laughs> I'm done it. I don't I can just picture that. But here's the thing you mentioned yeah. that support, and you got fantastic financial support as well, because we, we talked about this is the whole thrust of this became the Irish, Irish Motor Neuron Disease Association and supporting them. How much did you end? You said if I get five k, and I'll be happy. You had that before you pushed a pedal. Yeah, that's that's right. Um, yeah, I've just been completely overwhelmed by by the support and and the generosity of people, um, both up in Dublin with my school community and in in Ballantyre and Saint Attractors and. Uh, Especially at home, then uh, in in Old Castle and and Balnacree and Mount Eugent and uh, those areas at home, where just people have been just incredibly generous. And if you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com code buttery exclusions apply see site for details hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80 percent less than clay litter Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Uh, you know, that that goodwill certainly sustained me on the, on the journey. And uh, I just want to take this opportunity to thank everybody sincerely for for their support and uh it's much appreciated and i know it's 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 going to go to um it's going to be used you know really well by the irish oh, Association. every penny funds, how much absolutely. did you raise in total uh well, at the moment i'm, and it's still, I'm going. On, it's still going yeah it's still going so i think i'm on uh 21 and a half thousand euro which is uh, which is great yeah yeah four times over four times the amount that you set off yeah, to raise yeah, and that brilliant so. How can they? There's people listening today, and I'm sure they'd like to give you a few, Bob. How do they? Yeah, I suppose the, the easiest way is uh, if you type 
I donate a cycle across America into Google, it's the the first search that comes up. So yeah, so I donate cycle across America into Google. You'll see you'll see the details there. Okay, and I just want to mention that our own Kira Courtney. You remember our Kira Courtney? Yes, she is working with the Motor Neuron Association now, and we wish her all the very best in her new role. She's just started with them a month ago, and I want to mention something very special. In September, the Irish Motor Neuron Disease Association are hosting a five k walk while you can. It's great. It's a great. Listen to it. Walk while you can in the Phoenix Park on the 14th of September at 11 o'clock. 20 euro. Five uh, for 12 to 16 year olds and under 12s go free. So you can organise your own walk if you want in your own area or come along and join in in the Phoenix Park on the 14th of September. But check out the website imnda.ie imnda.ie All the information is there a great organisation. I'll tell you this. In Ireland, there are only four full-time nurses, you know, for this. Absolutely. In Scotland, yeah. 16. Yeah. Come on, we have to get up to that in this country. Yeah. All support, very welcome. Have to leave it there for today. Thank you. Thanks You're a great much, fella. Sorry. You really are. You really have done a wonderful, wonderful job. Congratulations on your achievement. Thanks very I'm much, sure sir. there might be another challenge in the future with you, but <laughs> we leave it there for today. Shane Maguire, thanks so much for joining us. Let's head in towards the 2.30 break with the wonderful Gavin James. And yes, when you listen to a fellow like Shane Maguire, your heart would have to be on fire, wouldn't it? Say you're fed up of listening to me say this every day this week on the show. Next Tuesday's D-Day. Yes, leaving cert results are out next Tuesday and it's high dough at the minute for students and parents, I know. But ahead of the week, this is our second year to do this with the people from the Loudmead Education and Training Board. We're talking about alternatives to college. Now, college is great and a lot of people will go there, but there's lots of alternatives as well if you don't go down that route. And today on Late Lunch, we're going to focus on adult guidance you know if you're an adult and you're somebody who wonders what they can do at this stage and apprenticeships and I'm delighted to welcome to the show Eilish Coyne and Kinga Byrne uh, are with us today you're both welcome ladies and also a man you've met before on the show Tony Smith is here you're all welcome Tony I'm going to start with yourself and we're going to talk about apprenticeships for a moment a moment 
Apprenticeships traditionally, you know, we know what they are, the traditional ones, but they've been superseded, haven't they, by a lot of new apprenticeships? Yeah, they really have at the moment, yes. Um, there's so many avenues and options. You have barred of the, the carpentry, the electrical, the plumbing, which would be known as the common traditional trades. Now you have financial apprenticeships, you have polymer engineering, which is plastic development, you have the IT apprenticeships, both software and, and hardware. You have um, the electrical engineering, you also have... Um, geothermal drilling so there's, there's huge avenues out there um, that I would encourage anyone to go and look at apprenticeship.ie and see the new apprenticeships that are coming on stream at the moment Now I'm listening today and I want to know how do I become an apprentice? What's the what's the procedure Tony? Well we're seeing a, um, a very large change in, in, in a, I suppose the uh, traditional trend I suppose how you get an apprenticeship initially would be it would be a local contractor, or a builder, or a plumber, or a carpenter would be working in your locality, and you would get a bit of work experience with him, and he would be impressed with your progress, and he would, he would see some potential in you and offer you an apprenticeship. But we're seeing a very a new trend now that it's people working in a company that are trying to revive the apprenticeship structure and are offering um, current employees an apprenticeship in these current and these new apprenticeships especially the IT and financial and as accountancy is another new one that's been launched. So do I have to go So, say I'm not within a company and it's not offered to me like that, I need to know somebody who is in the market for an apprentice and they need to grant that to me. Well you can do it necessarily, um, like I was fortunate enough I went to school across the road here in St Oliver's and I would have went on and done metal work and then went on and done engineering so I had a flair for that um, and it's normally that flair that you pick up in secondary education, maybe woodwork or engineering that would lead you into that that craft. How you would go about it, the best way is to maybe Google local contractors in your area the Loudmead area, okay. local carpenters, builders, plumbers but as I said we have a whole fleet of new apprenticeships now um, as well as the traditional crafts but that's normally how to go as someone in your locality you're fortunate enough to get a start, you make a good impression and the apprenticeship is offered Do I need an educational qualification? Do I need a junior cert? Uh, do I need a leaving cert? What? Well, the minimum uh, requirement is 16 years of age with five passes in a junior cert. And funny you should mention that. We got the guidance counsellors in from Loud and Mead and we gave them a walk around the training centre. And just obvious things when, like, um, we took them around the carpentry and we said key subjects for this would be tech drawing and woodwork. So if someone has those key subjects in a junior cert and to do well in them, it would, you should be encouraging that they maybe pursue a path in that industry. Okay. Um, because the trades are all changing and they've got very academic, uh, more so than maybe 10 or 15 years ago, a leaving cert would be a very, very good foundation. Okay, and that's what you'd recommend. Would you recommend that people actually do go on and do their leaving cert? Well, yeah, definitely for some subjects such as electrical instrumentation, which there's a lot of physics in it. So it would be a very good foundation and a lot of schools are starting to introduce technology as a subject, which is a very good footstep into that apprenticeship. If I'm a, a mature person and I want to, say, take up an apprenticeship uh, and I'm thinking back, well, maybe I've done a group cert or an intercert many moons ago, are there avenues for me to get into apprenticeship? Definitely, that avenue is still there and we're seeing that, that trend now where people are working in an organisation and actually coming from the floor to take up an apprenticeship view, yes. yeah? And companies that have, it's been 10, 12 years since they've had an apprentice are actually reviving that, that apprenticeship structure because to see it pays off to grow a candidate from the ground up. They actually know the business, the business style, the structure and the apprenticeship route 
definitely suits them. Is there a time in life or an age where you have to draw the line and say, no, can never be an apprentice? No, you're never too old, Jerry. <laughs> ah, no, good man, Tony. That's old. what I wanted yeah. to hear today. Grist to the mill. How long does it take? A traditional apprenticeship is four. I mean, I keep talking about these uh, traditional apprenticeships, what we did, we said the building, the electrical, a four-year apprenticeship split into seven phases across the four years with one, three, five and seven on the job, gaining experience on the qualified person and then two, four and six away from college, uh, sorry, away from the employer at, at the uh, college, gaining the academic. All the new apprenticeships are two and three years. So, um, incidentally, I was with um, a company yesterday in Kells and I'm not mentioning the name, and they are setting up a new transport and uh, logistics apprenticeship and that candidate is actually in his mid-thirties and that's an opportunity that, that the company have seen um, and they want to offer him the position so he's actually delighted. In, another departure because uh, I had Margaret from the kitchen from... Um, oh yes, yes, Margaret Margaret Riley, Riley was yes. with me. Uh, and Margaret was through the system. Who was the through the system. She was here with me lately with, and she had a young lady with her who took up an apprenticeship about a year ago uh, in cabinet making That's and right. that is now the norm. There is no, you know, demarcation. Men for these apprenticeships, maybe women can do these. It's crisscross. It's It's... All the trades are across the board. Um, in my, my, my experience was fortunate enough to be an electrical instructor in the Regional Skills Training Centre for, for 12 years. And I had many female apprentices through and they definitely excel. Yes. The other thing is, you mentioned their practical theory pay. You're paid doing an apprenticeship. Yeah, you're paid uh, year one, two, three, four, and the wages reflect the actual qualified rate that a craftsperson would be on. So you're actually self-sufficient. I remember when I started myself many moons ago uh, as an electrical apprentice, within nine months I was able to buy a little van and my own independence and get around. So like, you mature very, very quickly as well, working under that, that mature influence on a daily basis. And as you mentioned, you're paid um, handsome wages actually year one, year two, three and four. Yes. And opportunities are there. You know, people and companies are, are, are starved at the minute for, for people to go into the trades, both the traditional and all of the new apprenticeships. I was going to ask you that. Is that across the board or are there particular sectors where there's more demand? Or what? Can, like, have your crystal ball there. What can you say into the future? Where will the big demand be? In what well, it's sectors? Across, it's actually across the board. And the way all the trades are, are moving is that uh, technology is moving at a frightening rate at the minute. Um, like they're saying now in five or six years time you'd be buying a house and it'll all be automated look at the way the car industries are going with, it, with electric cars the way the government is talking so all of the crafts even even all the building with the new building regulations technology these B ratings it's all moving at a frightening rate and all the trades across the board are starved with young people um, entrance isn't that fantastic to hear and wonderful opportunity that lies there? Final question on the apprenticeship. Uh, when I complete my training uh, with somebody, is it normal that people are kept on or uh, what's the percentage, you know, that people have to go elsewhere and look, you know, for a permanent job? Well, at the minute, um, most of the people that train a candidate are actually looking to hold on to them. Okay. Because it's recognised globally as the top apprenticeship that they're, they're being, you see all these jobs, bows coming in and they're trying to tease aircrafts, persons abroad. Um, look at our nurses, the prime example. Mm. But um, people think that a trade, the four years, it's up, it's not. There's a huge majority of the craftspersons going back to do further education now, such as you can be a qualified electrical engineer in two years after, after completing your 
uh, craft cert. So there's a huge amount of tradesmen come back and doing add-on courses, as I mentioned earlier, with the changes in technology and building regulations, etc. And again, to find out more information, where do listeners head Yeah, from? anyone can uh, contact the training centre in Dundalk. That's where we're uh, tied to. It's 0429355700. And ask for myself, Tony Smith or Alma McMahon. Or the mobile is 86 And again, to say, lots of opportunities here. And remember this, I want to say this finally. When you have this skill, you can head to anywhere in the world. That's a worldwide passport. Yeah, Uh, I definitely encourage any young person to take up any apprenticeship as a career path. Absolutely. Uh, Thanks indeed, Tony. I'm going to take a short break. They're waiting patiently. If you are an adult person out there this afternoon and you're wondering... How can I get back into education? Maybe you've a thought in your mind you want to do something. Well, we have the two women with us today that are going to guide you people. When we come back after the break, Eilish Coyne and Kinga Byrne are with us on Late Lunch. We've teamed up all this week on Late Lunch with the Loudmead Education and Training Board ahead of the Leaving Cert results issuing next Tuesday. For the next while, we're going to focus on adult guidance and the learning service that they provide. And I want to welcome to the show Eilish Coyne and Kinga Barn. Eilish, if I could start with yourself, will you tell our listeners first up, what is the Adult Education Guidance and Information Service all about? Yeah, no problem at all. They, um, I suppose a lot of people are familiar with that schools would have a guidance counsellor, but they're not aware that there is a similar service for adults there. We would be free, friendly, independent and impartial. So what we'll do is we'll sit down with an individual, we'll look at their circumstances. If they want to go back and do their leaving cert, for example, we'll see what their part-time, their full-time options are if they need assistance and getting money or transport or childcare. We can help them at all. I suppose a whole one-to-one personalised service. So I don't think a lot of adults are aware that service is there for them in Louth and in Mead, actually. Okay, so no matter what your circumstances are, no matter what potential you mentioned Mm. there, you know, childcare, Mm. you know, issues people have at home, all this can be, you know, incorporated. Mm. Yeah, well, as a mature student myself, this is what we would have encountered. Adults, they need to change their career. They maybe didn't have a good opportunity the first time. So we have everything from the uh, adult kind of wants to improve their reading and writing skills, right through to uh, maybe doing a confidence course, a healthcare course, and then right up to college applications. We would help them the whole way along that line. So as somebody who's gone through the process itself, if I'd had a similar service at the time, it would have been very helpful yeah now next week it will happen there will Mm. be students who will get their results and they won't get a place or they won't get the points for what they hope to do in in college can you come in here yeah I mean what I would say is keep in contact with their principals and their teachers on the day see what opportunities are for them in the school it would depend on their circumstances again to what the best option would be for them but there is colleges of further education such as Drottlet Institute Ophi Institute that would be good options that are still open and take online applications um, there will also be a number of um, other courses in Ophi that they're starting like um, an insurance traineeship where they can earn and learn so there's actually loads of different options for them um, we have a new website fetchcourses.ie um, and then they could also come down to our open day um, we're having ones on the 21st and 22nd of August so the 21st is in Dundalk and the 22nd is Drada and Navan um, in the Imperial Hotel the D Hotel and the New Grange between 10 to 1 so pop down to us find out what their options are and then 
if there's nothing in the education training board, I'm independent. I can give them other options if they want to look at other things. So that's no problem at all. I'm listening to us today and I think uh, it's a while since I've been at school and I, I haven't really got a, a lot of points when, when I look back and it is well. Does that rule me out? No, I mean, everyone goes as a mature student. Yes, there will be certain courses they will need to look at science, they may need to look at maths, but that's where we'll advise them what's the best route this year. If that is to go back and repeat the leave insert, that's what we advise. But some of the um, College of Further Educations or some kind of preparation course as an adult is definitely going to help you at academic writing. It's going to help you prepare. It's going to make sure you make a good, informed choice when you do go on to college. It's definitely not going to stop you, but we'll sit down and do that on an individual basis with you. Good to hear it, Kinga Byrne. Welcome to Late Lunch. Thank you for joining me on the show today. You have a particular area of interest, literacy. Yes, yes, it is, Jerry. Now, thank you very much for uh, having me today. So um, I'm dealing with Adult Learning Service and that service who, uh, which is in Louth. Uh, it's in both centres. We are based in Drogheda in King Street and there is another centre in Dundalk in Chapel Street. So um, what's the service about, what the service is about, Jerry, is basically providing people with free uh, part-time education options. Um, the service is for adults, and it's perfect for somebody who wishes to come back to education. Uh, now, it, we are open to everyone. Um, it doesn't matter what level of education you have, you are at. Um, most of our learners, I suppose, are looking to improve their basic skills. So they are looking to improve their spelling, writing, reading or computer skills. Um, again, as I said, there is no kind of criteria. There is no eligibility. So we don't have to be on any social welfare payment um, you are uh, you are eligible for our courses. Um, there is a variety of of courses we offer, and they range from anything between um, two hours per week to six hours per week. So kind of it's very flexible. They are both um, I suppose during the day and the evening time. Uh, so it's great if you have work, but at the same time you want to maybe improve your skills and you're thinking of going further, maybe going and doing your leaving cert, uh, maybe an adult that dropped out early from school. But before uh, kind of starting the journey of leaving cert, you wish to improve very specific skills. We are kind of a perfect service for you. The other part as well that we are doing is... Uh, we are doing English classes for speakers of other language and there is a lot of need uh, for that, I suppose, in um, in, Louth, in Louth area. So um, again, we have morning and evening classes. They are completely free. So if anybody, if any of your listeners would be interested in any of that, the easiest way, I suppose, to contact us is just to drop into our centre. Mm, again, one in King Street and one in Chapel Street. Um, we are there Monday to Friday, 9 to 5. You can drop in. You don't have to make an appointment. There'll be somebody to talk to you there and just have a friendly chat, see exactly what classes interest you. There's no tests. Um, you will have, um, as I said, person who will um, talk to you and see what exactly um, uh, you would like to do. Uh, another way, um, I suppose you can contact us, obviously, is by phone. And I just give out the phone to both Drahada and Dundalk. Yes. Uh, so uh, Drahada is 041-983-0870. And Dundalk is 42 935 
If you prefer to make an appointment a specific day and time, that's probably uh, the way to go. You can contact us by phone. Another, uh, Eilish already mentioned that, just to say again, we have the open days on the 21st of August in Dundalk and 22nd of August uh, in Drogheda. The one in Dundalk is in Imperial Hotel and the one in Drogheda is the hotel. It's morning time from 10 to 1. So again, drop in and it's open to end all. You can come and ask. We will be all there, all different options. On those dates. And Navin is in that as well, isn't it? Yes, you're in Navin also. Yes, yeah. we have a full uh, range of services for adults in the Mead area too. So we've yeah, the Navin number is 1800 991 898. And is there an open day covering the there Navin area? There is, yeah. The New Grange Hotel Navin and that's Thursday the 22nd, 10 to 1. Okay, so that's happening there as well. What you mentioned, Ginga, a moment yes. ago there, that probably people are maybe reluctant to come forward that are lacking in those skills. There's an embarrassment or a shyness. Yes. Don't be. Isn't that the no, message? No, exactly. No, exactly, Jerry. Don't be. Uh, we have lovely tutors. We have lovely resource staff. And as I said, when you come in, uh, you'll be met with somebody who will talk to you through your options. We have everything from one-to-one classes. So we have learners where um, there is lack of confidence and we usually offer them one-to-one classes when it's just you and your tutor. So there's no kind of judgment from anybody else. Mm. And then when you are, whenever you're ready, you can move on to group classes if that's what you prefer. Uh, as I said, it's, it's very flexible and, and um, as I said, welcome everybody is welcome and the other thing is improving your English if you've come to this country and you don't have great English as well because it can be a barrier to making progress that's a great option also Yes, no, it's it's very, very popular at the moment and there was a huge need for that. And I suppose there was a big cost. Um, I was um, myself an ESOL learner and then an ESOL tutor. And there was such a big cost to learning a language that to have that option for free and to have uh, free classes uh, four hours a week, uh, I think it's a huge benefit. Yeah, massive benefit indeed and very welcome it is. So back to yourself, Eilish, where uh, at this time, of year again when minds are focused and especially next week and you're going to see an uptake I'm sure in inquiries as well but the, the one I want to go back to again is the person who's maybe thinking of a change of career somebody who's maybe been at home for a time taking care of some situation they want to get back in and feel you know what I mean we're saying again and we want to bang this drum Loud Mead Education Training Board are there and they're there to help they are and they've got even a new course under our part-time scheme in Drodd and Dundalk now we will look at Navin also later but they will have a new one called My Next Step where you can actually take the time in a small group to explore your options build your confidence especially the person who's been home with children maybe for a few years and has lost their confidence or don't want to commit to too much My Next Step will be a lovely short free course two mornings a week and it will give them it's definitely worked for a past learner that's come to us who's now on actually a postgrad in career guidance uh, from doing that course just from somebody who was very depressed and built herself up and she there is a course there for everyone definitely who would like to come back and change or go a different direction it's open season. It's for everybody, no matter what you, what age you are. This is the message that we're mm. pushing out there this week on Late Lunch. And look, I want to say a big thank you to you all for joining us on the show again today. Tony Smith on Apprenticeships, thank you so much for uh, being with us this afternoon, Tony. And also to Eilish Coyne and Kinga Byrne. Great stuff indeed and wonderful information. We wish you well and we'll round off our series with the Loudmead Education Training Board at the same time, 2.30 on Late Lunch tomorrow Friday. Great to see Ashburn Rugby Club. 
Club are doing their bit for mental health. Athen Ride to Ashburn is happening this weekend and earlier today I was joined by Dara Curran from Ashburn and representatives of the beneficiary charities. First up, Dara, explain the idea for the fu- where the idea for the fundraiser came from. The idea was born when the main man behind it all, Niall Murray, decided he wanted to promote mental health awareness and remember the lives of Emma Bruton and Barry O'Neill, who both unfortunately passed away from suicide over the past year. Uh, Emma was from the Garristown Nall area and Barry an Ashburn man, and both of their families are very close friends of Ashburn Rugby Club. So it just made sense that we do something in their memory while promoting mental health awareness at the same time. And tell our listeners, what are you doing? This is a cycle, but a cycle with a bit of a difference. It's a bit of a difference. So logistically, it's a bit insane, to be honest. But the basics of it is we're going from Athenroy to Ashburn. So Galway all the way to the beautiful county of Mead. Um, It's 240 kilometres. We've got two cyclists doing the full 240. And then we've got a group of 30 lunatics who are going to be doing 10. uh, There's going to be three groups of 10 going in different stages logistically i could spend the whole time we have explaining it to you but i won't um basically we're going to go from galway to ashburn and we're going to end up in the cool key lodge hopefully around 6 p.m this sunday the 11th of august and we're inviting anybody who wants to come along with their bikes to join us for the last eight nine kilometers we cycle from the cool key lodge to ashburn rugby club where we'll have a big reception and a bit of big hoorah and all that sort of stuff so when does it start in athenry we hope to be on the road by 9am latest. We leave Ashburn, Ashburn Rugby Club at 6am and we hope to be on the road with our first batch of cyclists by 9am. Athen ride to Ashburn. It has yeah. a lovely ring about it, hasn't it? Well, I did make that up. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> Good man yourself. <laughs> the last 10 kilometres, you're looking for local people to join on the run-in. Yeah, so we've got a Garda escort um, from the Coolkey Lodge in Ashburn, which is on the N2, just towards Dublin. Got a Garda escort through the town of Ashburn up to Ashburn Rugby Club um, it's 10 kilometres and we're urging anybody who wants to get involved now we're saying to people if they have kids who are kind of 12 or younger to just join us at the bottom of the Rugby Club road because obviously uh, we want to get there in some, some safely time. yeah so any anyone kind of 13, 14 or over come up to the Cookie Lodge we'll, we'll probably take about half an hour to do the 10k from the Cookie the Ashburn Rugby Club and anyone with kids feel free to join us at the bottom of the Rugby Club Road. And do they need to get sponsorship or anything to join in or can they just join in for the fun of you looking for the them day, to just help? join in. All our 30 cyclists and we've about 20 crew members we're, we've all been raising money through sponsorship okay. online and just on that note we do have a group GoFundMe set up so if you just go through the Ashburn Rugby Club face, Facebook you'll see a video you'll see links there that'll bring you to the GoFundMe page. Any donations 10 euro 5 euro 2 euro 1 euro anything people can give is going to these three amazing and charities as we know so it'll be greatly appreciated now Sunday it is what time should we gather at the cool key gather at the cool key 6pm so you can enjoy your day absolutely and have a nice evening and exactly. it'll all finish and in nice, Ashbourne nice evening cycle down to the Ashbourne Rugby Club obviously the club Ashbourne itself has a social conscience beside the sport and this is uh, coming to the fore with this congratulations to you all in, in, in doing this we have members of each of the recipient charities with, with us today and I want to start start with Derek Hanway from Jigsaw Derek you're very welcome to Late Lunch what does it mean when I said it there at the beginning somebody like Ashbourne comes to you and says we want to help 
Oh, it's fantastic. Um, I think on two levels. I mean, one, um, I suppose through like what Dara was saying, you know, through their social media um, to everyone that's involved, um, it promotes youth mental health. It promotes um, the, you know, the benefits of talking about your mental health. Um, if you have a challenge to your mental health, you know, you know, the old adage is it's good to talk, um, you know, problem share, problem halved and that. So for us, it's, it's it's had kind of two benefits. It's the it's the promotion of um, of mental health itself um, uh, and for us, our, our, our service, Jigsaw. And, and then, of course, there is the funds, the vital funds as well. But for us, it's, you know, I, I would say even if, if there wasn't a penny raise, it's actually what, what the community in Ashburn is doing by getting together Um all you know, everyone involved. Dara saying thirty cyclists, twenty crew members. They're all connected to families, friends, who no doubt they're sharing this on their own social media. So probably the reach of this cycle um, and the, the kind of recognition of all our charities is probably reaching hundreds of people, and through this interview, thousands of people. Absolutely. So, you know, for for us, it's it's that you know that's fantastic. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, Jigsaw. We've 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 thirteen services around Ireland now. Um, Jigsaw Mead has been going since two thousand eleven. We would help about um, three hundred and fifty or so young people um, from County Mead each year. Um, so for us, while while we do receive vital um, support from the HSE, um, that doesn't fund all the work of Jigsaw. So for us, yeah, absolutely, the fundraising is fantastic as well. You say, Jigsaw says, mental health problems are the largest single source of ill health in our young people. That's a mighty statement. Yeah, I mean, um, we would have a, a you know fantastic research department um, um, you know who who um, we've just finished, for instance, our our, our second um, uh, um, survey of youth mental health in Ireland. Um, you know, it's it's it, the findings that will be coming out towards the end of the year and um, the My World survey. But we know from our work in schools, we know from other organisations doing surveys that really mental health um, and mental ill health um, is is really the, the the major issue for young people now. It it often is the source of other more physical issues. It can be the source of where young people might isolate themselves from friends and family and then other physical health um, issues kick in. Um, so, yeah, it's it, it for us now, it probably is the most um, prominent kind of um, health issue of our time. Yeah, that's why it is important to highlight it. And every euro counts as well. Mm. I, I know that also. Let me turn to So Sad and the representative with us today on Late Lunch is Maddie Morgan. Maddie, you're very welcome to show uh, to the show. Good to see you again. Um, so Sad, how many operations have you? How many places are you working in at the moment? Jerry, we have five offices at the moment. We have Dundalk, Drada, Carrot Macross, Cavan and Navan. Um, all very, very busy offices at the moment with probably in excess of 500 clients a week uh, going into the SOSAD service. That's yeah. an awful lot of people. That's a lot. Mm. Yeah. And at the moment, you know, the plus side of that, Jerry, is that people are seeking help. They're coming in to get help. Our service is practically a same day service. If somebody contacts us today, we will see them today or at the very latest tomorrow. And probably in most cases, they will be in counselling within a week to two weeks. So that's how quickly we act. Uh, when, when somebody needs help, they need it now, not two months, three months down the line. So basically, yeah, that's that's what we do. And, and as Derek spoke so well there on mental health and and how it involves the young and, and how it affects the young people, this is vital for us. Um, our service in Drodden on two days a week would 
which specialise in young people. Yes. And, you know, you would see them come in in the school uniforms, but you would see them, you know, improve and down the line you would be able to see the benefits of when they would leave the service and, and that's amazing. Isn't that the first step, though, to mm. to step in there to any of your organisations and ask for help? And, yes. You know, to start the talking process and engage. You know, that's really what it's about. And as Derek again said, when we're out and about, it's about awareness. You know, every event we do, we'd hand out our little cards with our numbers. They're little pocket sized. So everybody has a number they can contact. We have a 24 hour helpline. So nobody ever feel need alone. There's always somebody to contact and this has worked so well and that's that's the amazing part of it that, you know, people are seeking help. They are coming in to use the service. They're getting the right help at the right time and that's so, so important. And like as Derek said, around funding, I can't thank Ashburn Rugby Club enough for doing these. We depend solely on all people doing fundraising for us and we don't get any funding of any description at all where we depend on the generosity of the public and doing our backpacks and our flag days and then when somebody like Ashburn Rugby Club come along and and do this for us we're bowled over because you know this is incredible and that's that's what keeps the service going that's what keeps that door open for everybody to access that service every day of the week. Hmm. Very important and kind words and nice words and well-deserved for Ashbourne Rugby Club as well. The baby of the three, if I may say it, is the other group being supported by Ashbourne and it is on their doorstep. It's the Ashbourne Suicide Awareness and Prevention Group and Frank O'Donnell is here representing them today. Frank, you're very welcome to the show. You are the baby because 2018, you're, you're not that long in existence. It's actually... Just this time last year, there had been five suicides in, in the local area. And a group of us got together, group eight. Actually, the group were called together by Eugene Kennedy, uh, who is, is our chairman. And he said, we've got to do something about this. So we talked, it, uh, talked about it and we decided the best thing to do was to establish an awareness group to get people talking about mental health, to remove some of the stigma around it. And we we work very closely with the sports clubs, the rugby club and the GA club and the soccer club, indeed all the clubs in Ashburn. And we've got wonderful support there. But our main thing is is raising awareness. We don't actually provide the services. I know. Yeah. We refer people to the, to the likes of SOSAD or Jigsaw, or Pieta House, uh, but we're continually uh, raising awareness in the area. We do talks by various people. We do wellness workshops, this sort of thing, and we don't need a great deal of funding. But th- that's the type of thing our funding was. Yes, into. you're yeah. a conduit, if I may say, to the professionals and that as well. And yeah. that really is a good thing and a welcome aspect of it, um, Derek. Mm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, for us. Um, while 50-60% maybe a bit more of of, um, of young people who contact our service would come from parents um, from parents talking to each other where they would have maybe um, used Jigsaw um, you know so be kind of friends and family would would tell uh, and, and, and support another young person to come to Jigsaw 
often it's it's groups like um, ASAP in, in in Ashburn. Um, um, I mean, we worked together there recently, a couple of months ago, on on um, on a walk, a charity walk in the area, and that led to our involvement in this. So, for us, it's it's the likes of Frank, Eugene, um, Dara, the community there in Ashburn. They are the people who, um, you know, often really, you know, particularly of a, a service like ourselves where we're based in Navan, it's that outreach to all parts of the county are really important. So for us, it's it's kind of a sporting adage of using a champion, you know. So people like Frank there, they, they are the champions. They're the people who, you know, and, and they're people who, I suppose in this day and age, it's starting to kind of maybe decline a little bit where, you know, you would know everyone maybe when you grew up in your village or your town. Um, and even if a young person, you know, was was struggling, there was always maybe a connection to someone there. We call it in Jigsaw, the one good adult. You know, it's somebody there who um, you could trust and um, confide in. That's unfortunately, you know, not as easy for many young people now. So for for us, it's, it's maybe ensuring that... Um, Local people um, can kind of spread the word to services. Um, you know, you drive through Ashburn now, you see big signs for ASAP, um, you know, and, and as Dara was saying, getting the community out now next Sunday will be fantastic, um, you know, for teenagers who unfortunately drew to, um, you know, the death of, of um, in particular, one young person in the area the last few months. There's been a, you know, we've we've worked with friends and family, um, you know, connected with Emma um, over the last few months who have been raising funds for Jigsaw and I think it's really kind of connecting up with those young people now next Sunday to kind of you know um, spread that word and get people out and and, and really to do their bit you know so I think it'll be a fantastic community effort um, and we'll see the results of it when, when everyone gets back on Sunday evening we will indeed best of luck to everyone with Athen Ride to Ashbourne this Sunday don't forget tomorrow the 9th of August, 1.30, all will be revealed here on Late Lunch. Walk the Moon finishing the show today. Shut up and dance. That's exactly what we're going to do. See you tomorrow. Blackstone Motors. Whatever the temperature, it's zero at Blackstone Motors. That's zero deposit on all 192 Renault models until August 31st. Get exclusive savings and a personalized finance package today at Blackstone Motors. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.